Hey, it's Tony. I'm here to talk about the 2024 show packages being offered during this show season. The regular show package starts at $50 and includes a one-year membership to CCA, CCA swag bag, and all-new 2024 CCA California t-shirt. The star package is $80 and includes all the above, plus entry into our 2024 star tournament this Memorial Day to Labor Day. Finally, the lifetime member package for 1000 gives you lifetime member status to CCA, CCA swag bag, t-shirt, entry into the star tournament, brand new Aftco tackle backpack with four Aftco lures, 40 pound spool of Aftco fluoro, and a seven foot Daiwa Seagate rod. You can pre-register right now for all the show packages at ccacalifornia.org or stop by our booth inside the shows to pick them up. We'll see you at the shows. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Tony introducing for the second time ever the CCA California podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Super excited about today's guest. Before I introduce her, I'm joined by my fearless leader, Chris Arechidera. How are you doing? What's up, Tony? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It, it feels like it's December of 2024 already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel that. I feel that. I mean, we just came off our first show and uh, going right into show season. And, uh, you know, I can't believe it's February, what, February 2nd now? It's crazy. Yeah, I lost count of days. <laughs> I lost count of days. But it's all good stuff. But I'm very, very excited about today's guest. She is a personal role model of mine. I'm Like I said, I am so excited to have today's guest on. That's Captain Virginia Salvador. How are you doing, Virginia? Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Good, good. How are you, how how are things up north? Uh, you know, a little colder than you're probably used to, but good nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been pouring rain for us Southern Californians. People don't know how to drive when it starts sprinkling. <laughs> Ain't that the truth for I've sure? I've heard that a lot about you guys. You guys aren't used to the rain, and it makes you guys all just stay indoors. Yeah, pretty much. True. Pretty much. I mean, when it rains, it it's that phrase, when it rains, it pours. And most likely then, you know, either you're staying inside because of that or you get into a car crash, unfortunately. But uh, l lately, we've been doing a lot of, we've, we've been having a lot of flooding. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw that on the news, especially in San Diego. Yeah, right where we are, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, Virginia, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I know we've been meaning to get you on for a while. And um, before we kind of get down into uh, the good stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, what you do uh, with uh, Gatecrasher uh, Fishing Adventures. Absolutely. Well, hello. My name is Captain Virginia Salvador of Gatecrasher Fishing Adventures. That's what most people know me working with. I'm well known for catching white sturgeon up north. It is my one of my favorite fish to catch and an incredible species to catch up north, especially since it's our biggest and not uh, biggest fish you can catch in Northern California. Um, so during our winter months, during November to May, we fish on Pits on the California Delta out of Pittsburgh Marina and we fish first white sturgeon. And then from June to October, we move over to the front row of Fisherman's Wharf and we fish for salmon, rockfish, lean cod, halibut, and Dungeness crab. Um, my background a little bit is I have a bachelor's in biology and a minor in chemistry, so I'm definitely science-based, but an absolute sportsman. I co-operate Gatecrasher Fishings, and I started the business with him back in 2018. 
Um, since then, we've had a thriving business and um, we've really enjoyed the trip. Um, one thing that's kind of special about us is that unlike most of the sturgeon charters up north, we are the only catch and release sturgeon charter available up north and we offer a different experience for our clients. Um, and it is something we're super passionate about and it actually gave us a really cool opportunity since I have a lot of science background and research and things like that. And because we were a catch and release sturgeon charter, we were able to create a relationship with the Department of Fish and Wildlife where we piloted the very first of its kind, a tagging program through captains with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. And we've been co collecting data for them now for a year and a half. Very cool. Very cool. That sounds that sounds epic. I mean, Tony, you have a lot in common right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hence why she is a, a huge influential role model of mine. Yeah, that, that, that's oh, awesome. Thank you very much, Tony. You're pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia, last weekend, was it, yeah, last weekend at the uh, Bar Hall Show in uh, Long Beach, you were part of the first ever women's symposium, as, as was Tony. How was that like from, uh, from your end? Oh my goodness. I mean, absolutely my, my favorite thing that happened that whole weekend, you know, like obviously it was a first of its kind and I was the only um, charter captain from up north. And so it was kind of just un, like, in a territory we all hadn't been before, but I was super excited about the opportunity because we need to talk about ourselves talk to each other, ask each other questions and our perspectives, which is not something we always get to do. I really enjoyed that these weren't just fishing charter people or, you know, just anglers. These are people from all walks of the life in the fishing industry, from like apparel or, or in sales or captains or whatever it was. Like they, it felt like to me that they literally took women from all walks of life in this industry. And I loved hearing that perspective and I felt empowered. I felt excited. Um, it was really cool to see that many seats filled and it wasn't females. It was a lot of males sitting in that um, crowd. And the fact that we literally talked for two hours and nobody left and everybody was super engaged. I just, I, honestly, I, I hope for it to only grow from here. I, I look forward to like us all coming together and making this bigger and better. And I, I'm just excited to be a part of it, to be honest. Nice, very cool. Just for, just from your your perspective, how badass of a moderator did you guys have? I know. I I mean, first of all, she started the whole thing with her long le resume, and I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh, and the girl next to me is like, oh man, so hard act to follow. I'm like, you think? I'm like, no big deal, you know. And so it 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 was really great to hear all about your work and like what you've done and how you've touched this community, and I, I just really loved learning all about it. So. Um, I had to follow her with my intro, but it was really, really cool to hear how much you've been involved, Tony. It was cool. No, but, you know, thank you. But that's kind of what's amazing about all the women that were on that panel is because, like, like I had mentioned when I started off, you know, we're all in the same industry, but we all came from such different and glorious backgrounds. And I, I honestly think that's something worth celebrating. You know, so I I was super honored to be asked to be the moderator, and um, I think they're going to do another symposium, a women's symposium at the Del Mar show in a couple weeks. So we're headed in the right oh, direction. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's about time they gave us the mic and let us give us our opinions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just about to ask, was that something like the first th- the first time you've participated in something like that, like a all-women's panel? So I d- have been participating in an all-women's panel of kayak fishermen up in Northern California. We've been running it for a few years now where we have three women in the fishing industry um, that all come from different walks of life. I am a charter captain. One is an avid kayak fisherman that um, has done so much for her portfolio. And then the other one is a bass tournament. She like runs bass tournaments and she has her whole, whole different thing. But one thing that really brought us all together is the fact that we all really love kayak fishing. So we kind of started that a few years up north and it's been growing ever since. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity and allowing women to have an opportunity to be in those seats and have a perspective. So I will support any opportunity I can to allow women the chance to participate. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, I I definitely love that, Virginia. You know, I was thinking about it the the night before, and I thought, you know what? You know, I've I've done the sport boat roundup for BD. I've worked on boats for over six years, and I thought to myself, I've never been on a public stage giving my opinion and my life story and all the opinions that come with being a woman on the water. I don't think I've ever had an opportunity like that. So that that was really neat to be a part of that. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, so let's talk about the fishery up north. I know there's quite a bit of difference between us here in Southern California and you in Northern California. One thing that you did mention uh, that I heard through your seminar and also the Women's Symposium and, uh, and, and all that is the sturgeon fishing up there. I've never done it. I hope to go one, one of these days. And uh, tell us a little bit about it from uh, us SoCal folks up down here. Absolutely. I know you said people love catching big fish. Well, there is one big fish you guys haven't caught yet, the great white sturgeon. <laughs> and what's cool about white sturgeon is, you know, you guys spent a lot of it's definitely the sturgeon uh, charter. How we fish for sturgeon is we fish with 10 rods, right? That you Every customer we bring out can have a two-rod stamp, bring two rods per angler. So I usually typically fish with 10 rods, and I usually go out, and when I um, cast out, we have all those rods out in this thing we call the sturgeon roadblock. And it it is more of a chill style, so everyone sits down and waits for the bite, and it's essentially the same thing as, like, um, a hunter. When a hunter sits in a deer stand, they sit quietly in that little spot. Not necessarily quietly, but they sit in a position to where they wait until they're approached by a beast or an animal or something that they can hunt or catch. That's essentially the same thing with sturgeon. We fish at anchor, blue water like most people would think, but it's what we call call it the California, a little bit more like a swampland kind of piece. And it is a little bit colder up here since we fish for up in the winter and spring months. But essentially we wait, we hook them, you fight them in. It takes anywhere from like 15 minutes to longer, depending on how big the fish is. And then you, we bring them aboard. And one special thing about fishing with me is that we're going to do measurements on them. We measure the fork length. We measure the girth. 
I'm also going to place a tag in them. I'm first going to scan the fish to find any previous tags that was placed in the fish. Um, and then from there, if there's nothing that scans, we place one inside of them and scan them and record. And we collect the data for them. After that, we take your pictures and all that jazz, and then we send them on their way. So you got, so basically, you scan the fish for a tag before you actually tag it yourself? Absolutely, because we have been tagging. Oh, I'm back. Oh, there you are. Yay. <laughs> there I am. Technical Holy difficulties. Boy, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. You're good. So I had asked you about scanning fish and all that stuff, and we basically fell off there. Okay. So <laughs> next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, Tony and I were just talking, you know, I think the whole aspect is for uh, like down here our white sea bass program they do have wire coated tags that they you know the, the hatchery actually scans the fish uh, particularly their head for those tags but it's it's mind-blowing to me that you know you you have those as an angler or as a uh, a guide up there and you're just tagging sturgeon left and right as as you catch them that's awesome oh, okay so we, we have special permits for this. We, we've actually gone through the whole thing. We have special permits for this, me and Captain Zach only. Um, uh, we can actually take out, um, when we're not fishing for charter, we can use more rods than just two of us um, if we're collecting research. And then with our clients, we can only use what we use with our clients. So, yeah, no. Nice. We do it a little different up here. Nice. That, that's awesome. Is there a minimum length of sturgeon you're you're able to tag? So essentially, we're trying to tag fish in, um, you know, in the slot size. But recently, our slot size has kind of changed. So we're still kind of operating under the old slot size, which was forty to sixty inches. So essentially, we're tagging all the slot fish in that size range. But um, that's the main goal. But we are tagging all fish. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, so, Virginia, I have another question for you. So, we we have um, very integral ecosystems here, um, Southern California-wise, Bolsa Chica, various different wetlands that are teeming with life. And, and you've mentioned the California Delta. So, you know, for those of us Southern Californians, um, do you think you can explain kind of the complexity and importance that the California Delta has on the fishery up there? Absolutely. I would I'd love to answer this question. So essentially what the California Delta is the nursery of Northern California. So we'll, we'll, Sacramento has the Sacramento River. That Sacramento River comes from all the North Carol, uh, Northern California ranges and they flush down to the Sacramento. From there, the Sacramento River travels down to the California Delta, which it turns into a brackish system. This is when the fresh water is switching over and entering into a salt water. Um, environment. So instead of it being salt water or fresh, brackish would be the in-between. And that is typically where sturgeon like to live. And it is primarily where all the sturgeon now live. Before, sturgeon used to be stretched out all the way to the San Francisco Bay and other estuaries. But research has shown that primarily now they are residentially living in the California Delta and, and breeding up north in the Sacramento River. Wow. California Delta is really, really important. It, it is the nursery 
of our fishery. And a lot of what happens in nature explains why that flushing system is so important. So for example, the solution to uh, pollution is dilution, right? So when those rains come and they flip, um, wash into our river system and then go into our delta, what that water is telling our environment is to react. You know, not at first when you see these rains and stuff, the water's dirty, it, you can't fish it, everyone's upset, right? But what it's doing for the environment is so beneficial. This water that's changing the salinity of the water is pushing and telling fish what to do next. So when the rains come, this is telling the fish, okay, well, we need to prepare and get strong and eat healthy so that when the springtime comes, we can move and go up and, and breed and stuff like that. So literally, essentially, the California Delta is the heart of our entire fishery. Yeah, and you know that that kind of frames my next question is for certain spe the anadromous species like your salmon, your sturgeon. I mean, they want that rain, right? For those conditions, absolutely. And and although science says that sturgeon is an uh, what you said, I can't say the word right now for some reason. Must be shy, um, <laughs> anadromous, but. The sturgeon should seriously be considered semi-anatomous because they tend to be more residential than you think. Uh, you know, although they have been found throughout our system, they are primarily res residential fish, kind of like cows, right? When cows graze on the grass and they stay in kind of these groups and they, they clear out a section, they move on after that's been all depleted and they move to the next section. That's kind of how sturgeon essentially work. Their main diet is clams. They suck them out of the ground on the on the delta um, floor bed. So yeah, they're, they're essentially sucking up the sponges of the delta and grazing like cattle. I think I'm loving sturgeon more and more. <laughs> They're so fascinating, Tony. I cannot, I have been literally advocating for this fish for eight years now. And they are ones to literally be enamored by. They are over 245 million years old. That means that this fish has survived everything the world has ever thrown at them, except for mankind. So put that in perspective. This is a fish that has literally survived 245 million years and has not really evolved either which pretty much tells me they've been made perfect since day one you know they have this amazing anatomy on them they have these five rows of beautiful scoots those diamonds that you see on that sturgeon are little shark tooth razors they are no joke okay like from a distance they look like beautiful little diamonds but up close they're razor sharp like little shark teeth and since they don't have it like teeth to protect them what they do is have five rows of their bodies, okay? From the pictures that look these beautiful little rows of diamonds that you see um, lining this fish. Well, those scoots are used for protection. Those essentially are their only form of defense. Since they don't have teeth, you know, to protect them, they use these scoots and if they thrash around well, I mean, just just based off of the conversation and everything, I mean, I feel like we need to go take a trip up north, go sturgeon fishing. Hundred percent. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> now we're talking, Chris. Yes. Yes. Let's let's go do it. Absolutely. And so you were asking when my sturgeon time of year to come is. So uh, our season for sturgeon starts in November and ends in May. 
Uh, a lot of the breeders come into the system anywhere from February to May. That's the bigger fish. And sometimes you can even find them jumping a little bit more during that time. So that doesn't mean that you can't catch them in November. Trust me, you can. But I, you do tend to see a little bit more action in the springtime when the bigger animals are coming into the system. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Right after, uh, actually, we should go up and celebrate the end of show season. I'm done. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. That would be awesome. I mean, it's cool. It's a cool experience. Not only are you getting an awesome fishing trip, you're getting to reel on fish, hook fish, have all the same experiences that you're getting on a normal fishing day. But on top of that, you're actually helping helping collect data. You're experiencing that data. And to be honest, if kids ever wanted to come on the boat and get some real research experience, they can even use it on their resumes. I mean, it's legit. You're going to be helping us measure, tag, all of that. And it's something that I really, really love showing the, the average angler and children and they, they're so fascinated by it and they have so many questions about it and that's what it's all about right teaching people that it's okay to enjoy to fish and hunt and be a sportsman but also to have a conservation mind and to protect our fishery and advocate for our fishery whenever we can yeah absolutely i mean it, it goes without saying for any fishery whether it's sturgeon or even down here with bluefin tuna yeah. um Virginia, I, I gotta ask, have you uh, have you had a chance to fish much in Southern California? Yes, I have. Um, I have fished a bunch um, from skiffs and caught a lot of calico bass. I've caught yellowtail. I haven't caught a white sea bass down there yet. I've caught the ninas. I've caught caught small bluefin tuna, but I haven't caught anything of particular size yet down there um your season during the summer is usually during our very popular salmon season so yeah it is hard to make the trip down there but um what's also kind of special too now is that we're getting the big tuna up here now and in the last few summers we've been catching them as well so who knows those big babies might be coming up here and i could be catching them up here too Oh, without question. I mean, it seems like every year they'll go it, almost in like a figure eight off of California where they're majority down here, but they make their way up north towards you and even beyond that um, at particular yep. times of the year. That's so cool. Yeah. It was such a pleasure to see those tails on the back of people's boats underneath the Golden Gate, you know, like, oh, how envious. Mm. Oh, envious. Yeah, I those went this. viral so this past season. That was crazy. Yeah. It's so cool. That's why, because you don't see that. And for us, it's just like, oh, we're so proud, you know, we're so proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely never say never, because I'm sure, I mean, I've, I've heard of crazier things other than, you know, bluefin tuna in San Francisco. Well, I got to tell you, the last salmon season we had open was an awesome year. It was incredible. The fish grade was amazing. Um, but that same year, that season, I caught a 30-pound bonita when I was <laughs> salmon trolling. Yeah, I did. It was, I did. I caught it, and I'm like, what is wrong with this salmon? This is like a, it had rabies or something. I, I was like, this, is, this isn't a salmon. No way, right? Oh, of course. And as soon as it started doing those circles, I'm like, this is a tuna. <laughs> and I had just heard a report that someone had caught a bonita, and I just ended up being that lucky girl got, that got one, too. And for us, that's bragging rights. I know that bonita are not, like, your prize down there, but to get a tuna in NorCal at all, it's always so exciting for us. 
I think the IGFA, the world record, well, world record, I think the record Benita, I think was like 13 or 14 pounds or something, and on the boat last season, we had the biggest school of Benita on the boat, and we weighed them because they looked absolutely huge. It was like half my size for a Benita, and we weighed it. It was like over 16 pounds. Or something. So I might have fishman eyes here. Maybe mine weren't 30 pounds, but I swear to you, in that moment, it was a 30 pounds. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It felt like a 30 pound salmon when I had it, but I, yeah. I wasn't able to weigh mine. But I, I have a picture on my Instagram, and I've never been prouder, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's honestly, Virginia, with um, I think a couple, I think I've told this story once or twice on the podcast, a couple years ago. I was on a sport boat down here. We caught a whole bunch of, uh, of Benita off of San Clemente Island, and it was literally like maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. And right then and there, we bled them and cut them. By far, without a doubt, the best tuna sandwich I've ever had right then and there. You know what? You know what's so funny? Like, I keep hearing, like, when I travel, I go to Mexico, I go to Florida, you know, and people see Benitas and they're like, eh, you know, they're not that excited about it. But when I talk to my NorCal friends about Benita, they're always like, no, that's very good tuna. It's how you prepare it. It is very good tuna, you know, because they're always asking me for the Benita and that people are just so mistaken that they're actually so delicious. And I mean, I, I ended up get, gifting mine to my buddy that loves Benita, the one I'm telling you about, because mm-hmm. I just know he loves it so much. And I had so much tuna from my um, my Mexico trips that I ended up giving it to him. But um you guys are so lucky you have such a wonderful and lush fishery and we do too but we're in the same state and it's so different so that's also kind of cool right like you don't have to go travel around the world to get an experience like you literally could take a road trip up north drink our wine and have some you know (laughs) world-class fishery up here too i'm down for that i'm all for that (laughs) um and you're absolutely right we're california alone we've always said this it can be broken up into legitimate three different states and three different fisheries with how different we are. It totally could. Totally could. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's unreal, the difference. You had mentioned, or you had brought up the salmon. Obviously, you know, with the salmon closure last year and whatever's going to happen this year and all that stuff, how much of an impact have you, did that have on your business? And, you know, did you guys have to go after the halibut more so um, last year? Absolutely. So I could tell you all about this. So when salmon closes for Northern California charter captains, that is literally two thirds of our business. Our most lucrative time to make our money for the year is during the summer salmon runs. They are very popular um, quarry. People come from all over to catch them. And literally we book trips every single day for them. So when salmon does close, we literally live, lose two thirds of our business. And essentially we just have to adjust, right? When regulations changes, we have to adjust. So at that point, we primarily spent the summer fishing for halibut and striped bass in the San Francisco Bay and a little bit on the bar. Um, and then when, what we did that most all of the summer, and then we were really looking forward to rockfish because we had been fishing for, you know, halibut and striped bass for so many months. We were like, cool, we'll have a nice change up. And we did get a baby window to get a, and, but then it closed. Mm-hmm. So last year, I have to say was literally the roughest year because the, the 
the variety of fish that you could catch really um, de uh, decreased last year. But, you know, that people still love to go fishing and halibut is a great eating fish. And um, people still came out for it and enjoyed it as well. So thank God. Had you done much halibut fishing on, on your boat like in the past? Or was this really kind of a... Not a brand new fishery, because they, they've always existed, but was it kind of a really sudden change for you last year? Not at all. So uh, how we work, we offer several different charters, right? During the saltwater seasons, we fish for salmon. That's a charter on its own. We fish for potluck fishing is what we call it, which where you'd catch anything from halibut fishing to striped bass and sometimes even... Um, even little sharks and things like that too. And then we offer uh, rock fishing charters and crab combo charters. So like we have a few different types of charters that you could take depending on the core you want to catch. So no, I have fished for halibut a lot <laughs> over the last eight or nine years. Um, you know, up in your neck of the woods, is it more so Pacific halibut versus California halibut or do you get a little bit of both? We primarily get California halibut up here. We do get some Pacific halibut out on the, like, outside the Golden Gate and stuff like that. But primarily we catch California halibut up here. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So we talked about sturgeon. We talked about halibut, salmon. I mean, like I said before, Virginia, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to go up north and, and go fishing with you. This is awesome. Well, you definitely should come up. I would really love to have all you guys up and then participate in our research and get your hands in on it and experience these fish firsthand, you know. There's so much more valuable value to this fish than it just its meat. They are absolutely beautiful. They are hard fighting. They will test your grit. And honestly, just experiencing their anatomy alone is really breathtaking and being able to touch them and feel their skulls and how strong and hard they are and feeling their scoots it, it's a cool experience and you're doing it in an iconic place like the san francisco bay with all these iconic scenes and things you've seen on tv a million times well you can see it all while you're fishing it's it's super cool it's an awesome experience oh all man can't wait cannot wait i know tony can't wait either yeah i i'm like smiling from ear to ear because it it makes me think of how when when i first started working on boats in alaska you know that that's what it got me into fishing was fishing for salmon fishing for halibut your lean cod your your huge yellow yep. eyes and and there is just nothing to this day you know there's nothing like that experience and there you know i I just think fish in general are just the coolest thing alive in this world. And they're worth fighting for. They're worth advocating for, no matter what species it is. And, and surgeon is kind of an epitome of that. Um, you know, one thing that I want to ask you, Virginia, um, you have a very good presence on social media. And I'm wondering, and I'm kind of curious to know, how really has that helped out, you know, in your business and also just getting the word out on sturgeon fishing and just really, how's that helped out um, or benefited your world? Uh, I definitely think it's probably helped. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of set out with a, a particular mindset when I first started doing this. I had been fishing in Florida a lot and fishing chicks are really popular out there and 
we didn't really have that in Northern California. Like literally I didn't know any fit chicks that liked to fish at all. Really. I didn't at the time when I was kind of got into it and I went out fishing with my friend, um, in Florida. And I kind of just had this idea in my head that, you know, why does everybody always overlook Northern California? Why is it that people feel like the, the only place they can catch those fish are in Alaska or Washington or Oregon? Like, why is it that every time I saw a print ad or or anything that had to do with fishing apparel or gear and all of it was always pictured in Mexico or Florida and I just never identified with any of that. And like the closest I felt I identified with was Alaska, but I'm just, I just wanted to wave my flag, okay? I wanted people to know that there are people that love to fish up here. We come from all walks of life, that our fishery is a world-class fishery, and we have something to offer. And I think that that's what my real mindset was, is I was going to convince everyone that they needed to catch a sturgeon right here in California. So I started going to fishing shows. I started getting really involved. I started freelance writing for the Western Outdoor News. I started freelance writing for Pacific Coast Sport Fishing. I started creating relationships with brands and telling my story. And, um, you know, I knew that I was doing something a little unique by starting this business that was catch and release. I knew it was going to be hard and difficult, but I just knew that there was somebody out there that would see the value and that I wanted to be on the right side of history. So we stood against the grain created this business. And I have to say all of it's kind of helped, you know, just speaking your truth and people seeing your personality and how much fun it is to fish with you and how positive we are. And um, that should be shared more in fishing. You know, it isn't a competition all the time. It isn't about who catches the biggest what. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the big ones too. <laughs> But fishing is so much more than that. It is literally so much fun to take a step away from your life for a day with six people that are either your friends or your family or whatever. Go out in nature, absorb the air, absorb the sunlight, see nature, touch animals, see the bird action, whatever it is. Fishing is for all walks of life. It's not just dudes. I'm a pretty tough chick, dude. Like I stay in the gym constantly. But it isn't just for tough people either, okay? Fishing can be enjoyed by all walks of life. And if, as long as I'm standing, I am going to stand up for sturgeon. I am going to wave this Northern California flag and encourage all of you to experience our difference. Are there many, uh, you know, strictly catch and release operations for sturgeon up there? Or are, are people actually still killing them? Uh, it's interesting. I get this question a lot that people don't really understand um, our fishery when it comes to white sturgeon. So, no, there, there never in the history of all time has there ever been a catch and release operation for sturgeon alone. Because you can, at the time, you can now still keep one sturgeon per year um, with the tag system. Um, most people tend to want to go out and fill their tags, right? And the way that people were marketing them before, that was what, how they marketed them. They marketed six dead fish on the back of a... 
Hey, it's Tony. I have some super exciting news I get to share with you all. And that's the first ever California Star Tournament happening May 25th to September 2nd. That's Memorial Day to Labor Day this year. Anglers across the state will be submitting their qualifying catch for a chance to win a volume of phenomenal prizes with the grand prize being a brand new 18-foot center console parker with a 150 Yamaha outboard motor and trailer that will be on display at all the shows this year. Special thanks to West Coast Marine. Tournament registrants, they must be existing CCA members. And you can pre-order the star package online at ccacalifornia.org forward slash star or at the shows. So how you can win the weekly prizes and grand prize, it goes a little like this. You're going to download the Fishing Chaos app. You're going to take a picture with one of the five species meeting the required length with the measuring device provided by CCA and you're entered to win in the weekly drawing and grand prize. The qualifying species are saltwater bass, that's your calicos, your spotties, your sand bass at a minimum of 18 inches, halibut at a minimum of 28 inches, and your yellowtail, white sea bass, and tuna, that includes bluefin, yellowfin, big eye, and albacore are a minimum of 36 inches. You're allowed two entries per species a day through the Fishing Chaos app, and these fish must be caught in the photo geotagged in U.S. waters. We're so looking forward to kicking off this tournament. Good luck out there. Make sure to follow CCA CalStar on Instagram for weekly updates and general information. A boat. You know, that was their marketing strat strategy, okay? Mm. But I was determined to show a different experience and, and show more of the families and show more of the releases and how fun that is to grab their tail in the water and see them flick off and fly off. You know, like I started providing different um, content for people to see what fishing has to offer for you, even catch and release. You know, I keep hearing this narrative that if something goes to catch and release, uh, you know, it's over and in that, Oh, you're killing fishing for everyone when you do that. And, now, granted, I do appreciate a fishery that's healthy enough to be able to keep fish. You know, I do enjoy eating them and I do enjoy having people have that opportunity to keep fish if that's what they want to do. Um, me personally, it is not my choice, but I don't, you know, hate on anybody that wants and, and, and enjoys that, that desire, you know. But according to the consumption guidelines, it states that no female should eat sturgeon under the age of 45 and no child should eat sturgeon under the age of 18. These consumption guidelines are provided on every pier in our Northern California fishery. <laughs> so they are blasted everywhere. And, you know, a lot of people essentially think that sturgeon are the best eating fish in our fishery, which is absolutely incorrect. It is not the best eating fish. Granted, they are the biggest fish and they do end up having the most amount of pounds. And I know people truly enjoy them but um, they're actually not good for you. And with their life cycles, surgeon do not become sexually, females do not become sexually active in the wild until they are 17 years of age, wow. 17, okay? Like a human, 17, okay? So before the regulations um, have them that you can keep a slot size sturgeon anywhere from 40 to 60 inches. Well, by the time they are 40 to 60 inches, they're anywhere from 15 to 20 years of age. So right when they're about to start producing eggs, they're ripped out of the system. And not only that, they become gravid only, what, every four to five years, as long as they're not like disturbed. So they're not even getting pregnant or gravid that often. So mm. I feel that the way that sturgeon was marketed before, they wasn't doing the fish justice, truly. 
because the value of these fish are in their fight. Mm -hmm. 100% in their fight. Hmm. And I, I hope I encourage people to maybe just think a little bit differently. You know, it's okay that we have different opinions. It's okay that we maybe they are my values don't align with yours. But that doesn't mean we all can't get along and have a common goal of wanting to continue to fish for these fish as well as protect them. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. And, and for, you know, what you just said, if they're not really mature until, you know, say year 17, and you can, there's an opportunity for them to go away at as, as young as 15, not really giving that, mm-hmm. that fishery, not really giving that fish a chance at life and also nope. contributing. Yeah, if anything, we as humans are selecting these sturgeon to grow slower, to reproduce later. You know, it seems like that could be a trend if something like this continues. Amen. Amen. Well, it already has been a trend. For the last two decades, sturgeon have been growing below the lambda curve. So I I explain this to people all the time. When something is growing below lambda, that means they're not proliferant they're not growing at a sustainable rate when a fish is at lambda they're growing in a sustainable rate when they're above lambda that means that they are overly fished too many of them in the system so to understand that for two decades they have been growing below the growth curve they are on a slide down in their population and it is a hot topic right now and people are very very upset about it but I am capable of interpreting data. I am interpretive of understanding that data and that research and understanding all the biology that sturgeon possess and why it's not good for them. And so here I am. Hmm. That is my purpose. I get it. I get it. That totally makes sense. Um, before we get too much further, Virginia, what kind of boat do you have? Ah, I have a 28-foot Farallon. So... I have been working with Gatecrasher all this time, but we uh, announced this year my expansion, and I am now going to be fishing on the Unforgettable. Um, I am the captain and owner and operator of Unforgettable Fishing Adventures, and I will be on, in Fisherman's Wharf right alongside the Gatecrasher. Oh, nice. nice. So so the two boats will continue on tagging, correct? Yes. So I will actually not reach the delta as soon as the gate crasher will. The gate crasher will go back and continue the sturgeon season like normal, but I will stay back a few months and fish the Dungeness crab opener. And then when that is over, usually around January, that's when I probably will hop back onto the gate crasher and fish down uh, either on his boat and winterize my boat or bring mine down. It just depends on how, um, you know, the clientele is. And then I'll start back up for the saltwater season again. You know, I totally forgot. There's cramming up there. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yes, there is. Rockfish <laughs> combos with Dungeness crab. It's epic. It's delicious. It's amazing. So you run those combo trips where you have the crab and then uh, crab and then rockfish uh, combo trips. I've heard of those, but uh, can you kind of explain uh, the details on that? Yes, absolutely. So I will be offering that this year for the first time in our duo. Um, Gate Crasher didn't really crab before, but I am expanding the business and, uh, and 
definitely going to be crabbing. It is a huge passion of mine. I have been crabbing uh, for like over 15 years. Started up in Washington. I absolutely love it. It's so much fun. It's kind of stinky, but it's fun. And uh, how that works essentially is each person can keep 10 Dungeness crab. And in between our pot soaking, we hop over to the reefs and fish for rockfish or lingcod and things like that. And then pull up those crab pots every hour and check those pots for crab. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you ever done any lobster fishing like uh, down here in Southern California? Um, I have not personally. I had a buddy that was a commercial lobster. I was supposed to go down and fish with him for a while, but my business started ended up taking off, so I didn't get a chance to do that. But I, I, I essentially think it's pretty much very similar to crabbing, and if it is, it's right up my alley. The only kind of lobstering I've done is I've gone diving for them back in um, Florida with my friends. I've gone down with a little net and and. What is that called? Hoop netting or what is that called? Where yeah, you take hoop netting. Yeah. <laughs> hoop netting. Okay, that's correct. All right. So I've done that underwater and I've caught a few that way, but I've actually never done it um, soaking pots before. Nice. Nice. Virginia, I know a couple of years ago, I think we crossed paths um, back in like 2019 at the ISE show, which I know you guys have a very big pl- uh, presence up there um, for the show. And I heard it was pretty good uh, overall back in uh, 2024. Yeah, the show was really great this year. It was great participation. Um, I look forward to the shows every year. Um, I'm a huge advocate for supporting the fishing shows. I grew up going to the fishing shows for a different reason. My dad really liked seeing the boats and stuff like that. So he wasn't much of a fisherman, but he always had boats. That's why I've been driving boats like literally before I even drove a a car. And um, so I've been going to these types of shows like ever since I was little. And now that I have the opportunity to speak at them and participate in them and encourage them, I, I, I always do because I think it's a great place to gain information, um, get an opportunity to get discounts on tackle, meet the captains in person, get that first initial opportunity to book for the season and check out the tides for the year. Um, There's so much fun and I'm so grateful for the ISE and how much we've grown up there, you know, um, it, we are one of the more popular booths. I have this awesome opportunity where I have such an incredible amount of support with brands. So I shake down my brands for like three months before these shows, <laughs> preparing for them so that I can create, um, uh, raffle prizes, opportunities and things like that. So people that come by kids that come by families can spin a wheel and win a prize at random. And it, it really just, sets the tone for everybody when you get to win a hat or win a decal or anything like that that just makes the shows more fun and i've really seen even this year particularly i've really seen that grow a lot more a lot of the booths are now having a lot more raffle prizes and things like that and i just think that makes the shows so much more fun you know the shows every year is almost like the beginning it, it's like it's like the beginning of the year for for, the, for fishing in general Always in January, always at the beginning of the year. Are you going to make it down south? Uh, I know you were just here in Long Beach, but are you going to make it to any of the other shows down here? Uh, I usually do try to make a couple bit more, but because I'm launching my business, I'm trying to stay put for a while to encourage growing my business and getting out there and spending more time and letting people see that I'm out there with my own name now. And um I'm kind of excited to do that. So this year, I'm, I only decided to do one SoCal and one NorCal, but I hope to do more in the future. Tony's crying right now. <laughs> I know, I know. I heard you guys are doing the female thing up at, at the Del Mar, and I got all jealous. Patrick told me all up, 
uh, I mean, Pat told me all about it, and I was just so uh, envious and FOMO. But <laughs> I, have hey. to, I have to work. <laughs> There's still time. So, it's two weeks away. <laughs> I, know, I know. But what if I get a charter that day? Uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> well, we, we will just have to have you back on sometime this year you can give us the rundown of how your business is going and and what you're up to so we'll we'll we're still going to talk you and i'll still talk but we'll definitely have to have you back on later this year as a as a little check-in at any time you want to hear what i got to say i got lots to say honey anytime (laughs) you want hell yeah i like it i like it well in all seriousness we will definitely have to have you down here if uh, i'll make you a deal virginia if you come down here go fish with us we'll we'll make the trip up north and go fish with you how about that Uh, all right deal (laughs) i mean are you pulling my legs i'm already there all right all right let's do it tony you down oh the without question (laughs) i'll set it up right now (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, Virginia, before we let you go, um, give us the rundown on your websites, your socials, where can we find you, and how do we go fish with you? Absolutely. So for as of right now, you can still book with me at gatecrasherfishing.com. My Instagram is unforgettable underscore Virginia. I will be expanding more once my um, I get all up and running perfectly. But for now, you can still catch me and book me on gatecrasherfishing.com. And my phone number is 707-365-3612. That is 707-365-3612. Are you, do you still have availability throughout the year? Yes. So I fish all year round, rain or shine. Um, wind is probably the only thing that really interrupts my fishing. But other than that, I fish all year round. So if you're cold, I'm out there. If you're warm, I'm out there. So think of me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Tony had mentioned, we definitely need to have you back. And uh, we'll, we'll check back in with you probably mid middle of the year, or maybe in the middle of the summer, and see how the year's going for you and uh, see how fishing is up north before we go. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's such a pleasure. I am so grateful to be able to talk about what I love and share a little information about Surgeon. So thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Tony, fascinating. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. That's awesome. Um, no, I think it's so important, you know, as fishermen, I, there's, I feel like a trend is kind of growing now. And we talked about this in our podcast earlier today that we had with the BD Outdoors guys. And that's like this new generation that's coming up, you know, is a little bit more conservation minded, but not in a very hands off way. You know, you, we have such an appreciation for this sport. We don't just want to take everything, you know, like there, there's this fine line where it's like, I respect it enough as a sport and we want this industry and this fishery to thrive for generations and generations. You know, that's why I'm here for CCA. That's why CCA exists in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I, I think it's so important to be an advocate for something that you love, especially in this fishery that we all are a part of. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Virginia is definitely a good one for the sturgeon. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this week on the CCA California podcast. Good to be with you. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us for the last hour. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California, and we will see you guys next week. Take care.